Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Christian Celebration Center podcast. Our prayer is that this audio will encourage you in Christ and challenge you from God's Word. Enjoy the message. Isaiah chapter 46, you will find this. If you're new to the Bible, you have a Bible in front of you that uh, it is around the middle of, of the Bible, a little bit to the right. A book called Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet, one of the prophets of the Lord in the Old Testament times, and God spoke through him and made a declaration, God himself making a declaration in Isaiah chapter 46. And I'm going to read the second part of verse 9 and verse 10 as we begin our message today. Isaiah chapter 46 verse 9. God says, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning From ancient times, what is still to come, I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. It's almost like God's like, anyone have any questions? All right, everybody just sit down. You know, like God's saying that to us. Like, just sit down. Like, I got this. I got this. Lord, we believe you've got this. And that there is no God beside you. You are on the throne and there is no other. We honor you. We worship you. Speak to us through your word today. In your name, Lord Jesus. And if you agree with that, we say amen. 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 You can be seated. We see something very important in in this text, and that is that God has full knowledge. Like it's not harder for God to think about what's going to happen in the future than it is to think about what already happened in the past. God has full knowledge, past, present, future. He sees all of it. He's not confined to our linear timeline. He's got full knowledge. But equally astounding to me is his activity. We see the knowledge of God in this text, that he knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. But what we also see in this this short little text is that God declares his activity. My purpose will stand and I will do I will do all that I please. Understand, God is a God of action. God did not create the universe and then step out of the room. God is active. And I want you to know that he's actively working in your life. We see in scripture that he leads, he guides, he protects, he provides, he shapes, he molds, he disciplines, he moves, he prepares. We see a God who is active, full knowledge, And fully active. Not just in the world. I'm talking about in your life. In your family. It's amazing about our God. Full knowledge. Fully active. With that being said. Share with you the title for today's message. When God loses donkeys. All of us have probably had our top ten weirdest experiences in our life. Uh, One of mine included donkeys, who's when we lived in Indiana a number of years ago, and a a community group decided to do a fundraiser, and so they they decided to do something that is going to sound very weird, and it was this, donkey basketball. Very weird. 
they invited several uh, people from the community, uh, you know, city leaders and firemen and policemen and uh, I think maybe a principal or two. And, and I was serving as a youth pastor in that community. They invited me as well. And so basically they, they announced this, they, they promoted this in the community, and then this was going to take place in the high school gym. And they sold tickets basically for people to come and then laugh at us. Not at the donkeys, at us who were on the donkeys. And so I arrived early at the registration time because I had been asked to do this. And I go into the back there and, and the donkeys are there. It's the craziest thing. Like you walk through the locker rooms right there and then right outside there's donkeys outside the high school gym. Craziest thing. So we go there and we're all supposed to choose a donkey. Well, as you can imagine, the coolest and most popular ones got chosen first. I looked over and I saw the biggest donkey I've ever seen in my life. And I was like... I've never ridden a donkey. And so I gave that to my friend Jason who was there with me. He got that one. And I saw this, this little one over here on the side. I'm like, he's mine. Actually, I don't know if it's a he or not, but I'm getting on this thing. Let's ride. And so we go out into the high school gym and we're on these donkeys supposed to play basketball. I had heard that don the donkeys were really, really dumb. 100% agree. <laughs> but for an hour... We looked dumber than the donkeys. We couldn't get the donkeys to do anything. We couldn't get them to run unless they wanted to. We couldn't get them to walk. We couldn't get them to, 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 to do anything. I couldn't even get mine to dribble. I mean, I couldn't do anything. No, it's like so, it, it was so vexing to me to be at half court and have the basketball in my hand when someone passes it to me and I'm on a donkey. And I'm like, go, go. Go, please, begging people as everyone's laughing. And they, they just wouldn't do what we said until the owner started doing these signals and noises. And I don't know how he did it, but those donkeys wouldn't do anything we wanted them to do. They did everything the owner wanted them to do. Everything the owner wanted them to do. Run, walk, go off the court, buck. Whatever the owner wanted them to do with his special signals, this super smart guy got these donkeys to listen. Such a weird experience. I cannot even describe how much I wanted to get off of that thing. And finally, finally I got off and, and lived to tell about it. What a weird experience. I don't know how much experience you've had with donkeys. But there's a passage we find in 1 Samuel chapter 9. And that's where we're going to be today in today's message. Where it appears God loses some donkeys. 1 Samuel chapter 9 verse 1. It says there was a Benjamite. A man of standing whose name was Kish. Kish had a son named Saul. Now the donkeys belonging to Saul's father, Kish, were lost. And Kish said to his son Saul, take one of the servants with you and go and look for the donkeys. Now can everyone just say together, poor donkeys. Come on, poor donkeys. These wayward animals seemed to be lost. And now they were vulnerable to wild animals. They were out of the fold. They were away from the property of the owner. And they were literally on their own. In that, cult in that culture at that time, it's very agricultural. And so because of that, this was actually not good news at all for the owner whose name was Kish. This was bad. The donkeys were valuable. It would be like going out to our parking lot and instead of all the pickup trucks, there were donkeys. They were the, the, the pickup trucks of the Old Testament. You'd put your family on them, you'd put your camping gear in them, your fishing pole, your refrigerator, you put everything on your donkey. It was like an Old Testament pickup truck. 
So for Kish to have lost several of his donkeys, this was a financial hit. This was an annoyance. This was inconvenience. This was frustrating. I'm going to ask you, when something unfortunate, unexpected, or inconvenient happens to you, how do you react? How do you react? Are you like, yes! I was hoping for that to happen. I was hoping for my schedule to just take a kick in the gut. I was hoping that it was going to cost me money that I hadn't planned on. Oh my goodness, this is great. I was hoping that all the time that I had for this is now gone. And I get to go and do this. Most of us don't react with glee over, yes, something that is unexpected, unfortunate, or inconvenient. And you have to understand if you put yourself in Kish's shoes that this was unfortunate, unexpected, and very inconvenient. He had a farm to run. He had other livestock. And so now part of his, part of his, um, his wealth was gone. It had disappeared. And, and he's still needing to do all of these other things. And so Kish did what any parent would do when they're busy and overworked and impatient and annoyed. He sent his kid to go look after the donkeys, right? And so he sent his, his son, who, whose name was Saul, Saul's young man at this time, to go and to look for these donkeys. And we might see that as somewhat random, okay, we're talking about donkeys. We might even see that as very irrelevant right here in 2023, lost donkeys, but I want you to think about something. Is it possible that there was more going on than just some donkeys who got lost? Is it possible that there was something better, something bigger, something important that was taking place that actually would completely outweigh the amount of time, resources, and frustration that were taking a hit in that moment? In this passage, Saul and his servant were sent out to find lost donkeys. And as we go through this passage, I hope that we're going to be encouraged as we go into this week, as we see the knowledge and the activity of God, not just in Saul's life, but in ours. Verse 4 says, Saul passed through the hill country of Ephraim and through the area around Shalisha, but they did not find the donkeys. They went on into the district of Shalem, but the donkeys were not there. Then he passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them. This is strike one, two, and three. We have to ask, are these guys, Saul and his servant, just bad donkey finders? You know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't see the movies where they put their ear to the ground and listen for the of the donkey. Like, are they just bad at this? Or, once again, was there more going on? I want to let you in on what was happening here. Saul was trying to find donkeys. Saul was trying to find his donkeys. God was helping him find his calling. Verse 5, when they reached the district of Zuth, Saul said to the servant who was with him, Come, let's go back or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. In other words, Saul was ready to give up. He was like, forget this. I don't even care about those donkeys. I don't know why my dad even has them. He is ready to give up. Let's go home. I'm getting tired. I'm getting hangry. Let's get out of here. And maybe some of us can relate when sometimes there are inconvenient, unexpected, unfortunate incidences in our life that trying to plow through it and it gets to the point where we're like, forget this. Like it's not even worth trying. It's not even worth trying to heal that relationship. It's not even worth trying to get past this obstacle. Like, like it's not even worth praying about that need anymore. It's like, come on. 
Like, just quit. Saul felt like quitting, and then his servant, of all people, speaks up with a better idea. Verse 6, the servant replied, look, in this town there is a man of God. He is highly respected, and everything he says comes true. He was speaking of Samuel, the prophet. Samuel, the prophet, who at that time was God's chosen servant. He was the one that would represent God, and, 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 and he would speak to the people on behalf of God. God would give him messages and he would share that. He was the man of God at that time in Israel. And the servant knew about that and said, look, there's this town and there's a man of God. Let's go there now. Perhaps he will tell us which way to take. I want you to know with the knowledge and the activity of God, full knowledge, fully active, God is really, really good about Bringing people into your life who will say the right thing at the right time. Now, of course, there are people that say the wrong thing at the wrong time. That's fun. But there are times, and I would guess that all of us have examples in our life, we really reflect on this, that God brought certain people into our life who said the right thing at the right time, and it was like light bulb. It was like course correction. It was, that's right. That's, that, that's what I needed to hear. In this case, this happened to Saul via his servant. I remember back in 2009, a young man who was a student at Northwood University named Mark Thompson shows up on campus far from God. Was invited to a Bible study. A Bible study that was led by Pastor David when he was young David at Northwood University as a student. Mark hears about Jesus, accepts Jesus into his life. And if you knew or you know Mark Thompson, I'm telling you, he became radical for Jesus. That was a 180. He, he suddenly wanted to tell everybody about Jesus as he was just learning about the faith. I remember as maybe a year or two after that, something like that, uh, Mark and I were talking and uh, he, we had a conversation I don't really remember this conversation at all, but a few months ago, uh, Mark and I were meeting for coffee and Mark reminded me of this, that back then, this is over a decade ago, that we were in a conversation and, and Mark had, had been sensing that God was calling him into missions. And he's like, I, I didn't really know what to do with that, but he's just like sensing as a new believer that like God is calling him to missions. And here he is, a student at Northwood University. And so he confided in me that he was strongly considering quitting school, just dropping out of school and, and, and just trying to pursue what we sense God was calling him to, missions. And I don't remember this conversation at all, but he said way back then that I counseled him, hey, stick it out, stay in school, finish your degree, who knows how the Lord will use you. You fast forward all of those years, past that conversation that I don't even remember having, but he remembers he, since graduated from Northwood, his wife graduated, because of their degrees they were able to get uh, jobs which then paid off their school loans. Now they're serving as missions workers in a closed country because of the degree, because of their work experience. They are able to not just get into that country, but live and stay in that country doing business as missions. Here's the thing. God is really good about putting people in our lives to say the right thing at the right time. Just servants, 
just servants, and that's what this servant was. He was a servant, a servant that just had the right thing to say at the right time. And his message to Saul was basically, don't quit, call out to God. Don't quit, there's another way. Don't quit, call out to God. You think you, think you need donkeys, I'm telling you, you need God. And this servant spoke to Saul on that day and said, look, don't quit. Don't quit. Let's look for God. And for Saul, it was a servant who had the invaluable advice for him. Now Samuel, as I said, was the prophet. And so the servant said, let's go see the prophet. Let's go see the man of God in order to get a, a word from God. Sadly, Saul doesn't appear to have any knowledge about God at that time in his life. Sadly, Saul doesn't have any understanding or knowledge about the man of God, Samuel, at that time. You'll read later, if you read into this passage later this afternoon, you're going to see that Saul didn't even know what the most famous person in Israel at that time, Samuel, the prophet, even looked like. He didn't even know. Totally clueless when it came to the things of the Lord. And that's extremely sad when you consider that Saul's home was only five miles from Samuel's home. And somehow Saul was living his life apart from God. He was trying to live his life apart from anything spiritual. I'm so thankful that there was a servant that God strategically placed with Saul on that day to say, you know what, there is one you need to meet. Don't quit you're trying to do this on your own. Don't quit. Call out to God. And so they began this trek, moving toward the community where Samuel lived. Saul was trying to find his donkeys. That's all he was doing. That's all he cared about. God was helping him find his calling. And I love the knowledge and the activity of God. Let this encourage you right now. For the people that you are praying for that don't know the Lord. There is a God with full knowledge, a God who is fully active, pursuing them and even setting things up for them to know him. May this be an encouragement to you as believers today. That here is Saul, an unbeliever. Here is Saul, someone who, who didn't have any time for God. And yet God is still orchestrating events so that he can be in the center of his will. Oh, the love of God. Verse 10, Saul's like, good. That's a good plan. Let's do it. He said to his servant, good, let's go. And so they set out for the town where the man of God was. And as they were going up the hill to the town, they met some young women coming out to draw water. And they asked them, is the seer here? And we're just trying to rhyme as another name for prophet at that time. He is, they answered. It's, he's ahead of you. Hurry now, he's just come to our town today. And they go on, you can see in the text, give them detail after detail after detail after detail. Once again, we see that God provided the right people at the right time to keep Saul on the right path. Provided by God to keep Saul on the right path so he'd move forward into the calling that God had for him. I want to say hats off to all of the young ladies on that day back then in ancient Israel. Because the scriptures describe Saul as being tall and very handsome. And these young ladies didn't get distracted. They didn't ask him out on a date. They recognized someone. Here is someone who needs God. 
And so these young ladies, let's show you how you get to God. Go here, go there, go there, go there, and then you'll see him. There is a time for romance, but this was not it. Saul, this young man, was on a mission to find donkeys. We know God had him on a mission to find his calling. And these young ladies recognized that and said, you know what, we're not going to look for a date right now. We see that this man needs God way more than he needs a date. And so they gave him the instructions and gave him direction uh, to move forward. And I don't want to make a mountain out of a, a donkey hill here, but I will say this. I find it interesting that Saul, as a young man, meets up with a group of young ladies and Saul actually stays on mission. Did you know that's possible? He actually stayed on mission. Saul could have begun that conversation asking for their number, asking if they're on Instagram or Christian Mingle. He could have done any of those things. But he didn't. He didn't. Now Saul was not a perfect person. We know that as you read about his life. But in this situation, he was laser focused on his mission of finding donkeys. And God was leading him along as God was helping him find his calling. And I love the fact that he didn't get distracted. His first question to them was nothing about a relationship. His first question to them was, where is the man of God? Because I need God. God provides the right people at the right time to keep us on the right path. I want you to know that the, the inconvenience and the frustration of trying to find donkeys, of dealing with lost donkeys, turned out to be a divine setup in his life. Now, we have to ask the question, I've asked this as I've studied this passage, did God actually cause the donkeys to go AWOL? Is he the one that like tapped on their furry shoulder and is like, grass is greener over there. In other words, was God the one that was like, all right, boys, we're going to go on a field trip today. Was it God who caused your job to be terminated? Was it God who caused that girlfriend to break up with you? Was it God who closed that door? Hmm. Recently I was talking with a young person who was praying about God's will for their life and, and I, I was reminded and shared with them that when, when I, I was in Bible college, and I didn't, I, I didn't have any idea what I was going to do, but I just had a piece about being there. So I'm in Bible college, and, and I'm like, I have no, I'm praying, I'm seeking the God. I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I wish I did. It seems like everybody else knows what they're going to do. And so I, I'm just trying to take it a day at a time, but yet getting kind of concerned and worried. And, and, and I started having other thoughts of like, well, maybe, maybe I'll go into medicine. And so I, I said, yeah, I could, use, I could, I could uh, be a doctor maybe in another country or a nurse or whatever, whatever the case may be. Like, I'll, maybe I'll go into medicine. And so I started to get some information together. And then I, I reached out to another university in the area to see about transferring my credits over to that university and going, uh, going the, the way of medicine, which I'm so thankful for our medical personnel who are here today and the impact that they have. But that wasn't for me. That wasn't for me. I didn't know that at the time until that door slammed in my face faster than you can imagine. And I knew, poof, that was a closed door. You know, when you're walking through a door and the door actually hits you on the nose and there's pain, like you know it's a closed door. I'm not the quickest guy, but I can get that. And this was definitely 
a closed door? Did God cause that door to close in that particular time in my life? I would say absolutely yes. Now, did God cause those donkeys to get lost? Maybe. But whether God caused it or whether he just used it, either way, he got Saul where God wanted him to be. Let's review for a moment as we consider the knowledge of God and the activity of God. Some dumb donkeys walked off the property. How inconvenient, how frustrating. Saul's father, Kish, was too busy, so he sends Saul on the search for the donkeys. Saul and his servant encounter closed doors. Closed door number one, two, and three. Boom, boom, boom. Every time and every place they went to look for the donkeys, the donkeys gave them a slip. I don't know if they walk like that. They were ready to quit, at least Saul was, until his servant has the boldness to speak up and say, hey, you're looking for donkeys, it's not working out so well. What you need is God. And then God just opened up the way. They begin to walk toward uh, this community. They begin to, to, to walk toward where the man of God supposedly is. And as they're on the way, then there are a, a group of young ladies who help him along, help him stay focused and help him stay on the right track. And then they arrive at this community. Verse 14 says, they went up to the town and as they were entering it, there was Samuel coming toward them on his way up to the high place. Now the day before, get this, now the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel the prophet. About this time tomorrow... Our God knows the end from the beginning. Telling someone what's going to happen tomorrow, not a big deal for God. And he tells Samuel, tomorrow I'm going to send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people for their cry has reached me. And when Samuel caught sight of Saul, so now day of Saul arrives, Samuel sees this guy that he's never seen before. The Lord said to him in his heart, this is the man I spoke to you about. Anoint him. He will govern my people. Dumb donkeys, lost. Saul's father's busy. Saul goes on the mission, lots of closed doors. Saul's servant has some great advice. These young ladies help him with even better advice. Keep going. Go to that town. You'll find him. Saul arrives at the city gate. And who happens to be walking out of the city at that time? Samuel, the man of God. Oh, and the man who God had told the day before, oh, you're going to meet this guy when he shows up tomorrow. He's the one. And then as Samuel sees him, he has a word of knowledge. And it's like, he's the one. It's the knowledge of God complete, and it's the activity of God. Saul's out trying to find his donkeys. God was helping him find his calling, and we see God's fingerprints all over this story. It's amazing what God is able to do, and it's amazing what can happen when God loses some donkeys. I want you to think about your life right now. Think about situations that you're walking through right now, you're probably walking through something that is unfortunate, probably walking through something that might be unexpected, most likely you're, you're dealing with something that is inconvenient in your life right now, at least one. 
it might feel like a setback. But is it possible that it's a divine setup? Is it possible that God is maybe trying to teach you something? Really, it's only through the trials that our character is forged in the fires for us to be who we need to be, for us to be more like Jesus. Is it possible God is redirecting you to something that is better? Sometimes God has to get us out of the hot tub of comfort in order to get us into the ocean where the spiritual adventure is at, where there's a little bit of danger and a little bit of risk and some action. Maybe God is trying to position you to be in the right place so that you can meet someone. Maybe what you're facing right now that's unfortunate, unexpected, or inconvenient is maybe God's way of shaping you through the trial so that you will have more compassion in the future for those who are walking through that. God has full knowledge and he is fully active. And you might be frustrated about lost donkeys in your life right now. The unexpected, the unfortunate, the inconvenient. But God might have you right where you need to be. In the New Testament, Apostle Paul wrote this, For it is God who is at work in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It's God who is at work in you. This word translated work is the Greek word from where we get the word energy. But in the New Testament, when this word is used, it is speaking of a divine energy that is brought forth in order to bring forth a tangible, noticeable change. The energy of God. God expending energy. Doesn't that just blow you away that God would expend energy on you and on me? God expending energy. He's working in you. To will and to act, to become more like him, to, to come into the unity of the faith with other believers, to, to be molded and to be shaped and to, to be able to make it through and not just make it through but to thrive on the other side. God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Understand, I'm not inferring that all of the, the bad things that have happened in your life and maybe you're walking through right now are caused by God. I'm not inferring that. Not inferring that. Sometimes what we define as bad might not be defined as bad by God. I will say that. And then I also say what we all know, and that is we live in a fallen world where there are a lot of consequences and a lot of fallout from our fallenness as a human race. But we know this as believers in Jesus, that all things work together for the good, for those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. That doesn't mean that we can work all things for good because we're so awesome. No, no, no. It's because the God of the universe, the creator of everything, can expend energy and cause even the worst of the worst situation, the most unfortunate, unexpected, and inconvenient situation that you have ever faced in your life or the one that you're facing right now. He can use that in order to accomplish his good purposes. He can bring that. He can bring, he can bring beauty from the ashes, right? He can, he can bring it out. He can bring it out in order to accomplish his good purposes. Your setback that you might be facing right now could be a divine setup. 
Philippians chapter 1, the apostle Paul wrote this. He said, all the things that have happened to me here are for the furtherance of the gospel. All the things that are happening to me here. Understand, as he was writing that, he was in chains in a Roman prison. And Paul's looking around at his predicament, and we'd be like, that's bad. Paul looks around and says, that's good. Because all these things that have happened to me, my suffering, my imprisonment, all these things that have happened to me have served to help further the purposes of God. We might call it bad. Paul called it good. You might be experiencing something that feels like a setback. I wonder if it might just be a divine setup of what God is wanting to do in you, what God is wanting to do through you. The question for us this morning is just this. Will you choose to trust God in the midst of your challenging situation? Will you choose to trust God in the midst of the unfortunate, unexpected, and inconvenient situation? I think about one of my heroes, Corey Tinboom, who was a Holocaust survivor. Although she wasn't Jewish, she and her family helped to save many Jews from the clutches of the Nazis. They would hide them, rescue them, care for them, shield them from the darkness of the Nazi regime. Because of her desire to help, eventually she was caught and her family was as well. They were sent to concentration camps where she lost her close family members. Corey herself did barely survive the atrocities of the Nazis. As a faithful believer in the Lord, years later she said this, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and trust the engineer. The question for us today, when we consider the full knowledge of God and the fully active God whom we serve, will you choose to trust him? Will you choose to trust him in what you're facing right now, the unfortunate, unexpected, and inconvenient situations that you're in? Will you choose to trust the engineer? Will you choose to trust that he is accomplishing his purposes even as you go through this? Back to Saul. Saul has experienced a whirlwind, has he not? Forced to leave his comfort zone in order to go look for stupid donkeys that he didn't care about. Next thing that he knows, he's being anointed as the first king of Israel. That's a whirlwind. And after being anointed, Samuel speaks for the Lord and gives him these instructions. And we see this in chapter 10, verse 2. Samuel says, when you leave me today, you will meet two men near Rachel's tomb at Zelzah on the border of Benjamin. They will say to you, the donkeys you set out to look for have been found. And now your father has stopped thinking about them and is worried about you. He is asking, what shall I do about my son? God was letting Saul know through Samuel a promise. Look, I will guide you. I can even tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. I can even tell you what happened to those dumb donkeys. I can even tell you what people are going to say to you. Saul needed some reassurance, and God gave it to him in the form of a promise. I will guide you. He goes on and says, then, Saul, you will go on from there until you reach the great tree of Tabor. 
three men going up to worship God at Bethel will meet you there. One will be carrying three young goats, another three loaves of bread, and another a skin of wine. They will greet you and offer you two loaves of bread, which you will accept from them. It was a promise. Hey, Saul, I'm calling you to do something that you can't do on your own. I will provide for you. I will even give you the bread that you need to eat. I will provide for you. Verse 6, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you, Saul, and you will prophesy with them. And you will be changed into a different person. It was a promise. Saul, understand, I, God, will empower you to do what I've called you to do. And then verse 7, once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hands find to do, for God is with you. For God is with you. You see, in your unfortunate, inconvenient, unexpected situations... As you're navigating through life, as you're seeking out God's call and even what he has for you in your life, understand God makes promises to his people that I will guide you, I will provide for you, I will empower you to do what you can't do on your own, and I will be with you. I will be with you. You might be experiencing something that feels like a setback. I want you to stop and consider, hmm, maybe it's a divine setup. Maybe God is at work in my life and in this situation right now. Maybe God is wanting to fulfill some of his purposes through me as I navigate through this. Divine setup. I believe in the full knowledge of God. There is nothing that he does not know. And I believe in the full and active experiences that God has every day as he is orchestrating and leading and guiding and proving and providing, orchestrating, molding, shaping his people to be who he wants them to be. Would you please bow your heads with me in this place? I just want to ask you, as we have a few moments of prayer together at the end of our service, this question, how many in this place, you'd lift up a hand and say, you're going through a situation right now might be inconvenient, might be unexpected, might be even unfortunate. Yeah. You're walking through something right now. Yeah. Yeah. I want to encourage you even right now to begin to trust in the Lord. You're just like, well, I have been trusting the Lord. Well, keep trusting in the Lord. And I just want to pray for you, Lord, for those right now here in this place that are walking through a situation unfortunate, that's unexpected, that, that, that seems to be so inconvenient. Lord, I pray that you would accomplish your purposes in them and through them. Lord, may they not come out of this trial without having learned the lessons that you want them to learn, without having taken the steps that you want them to take, without meeting the people that you want them to meet, without building compassion and faith in them as you want them to have in order to help others. Lord, I pray that you would accomplish every purpose in them, even as they walk through these situations. Help them, Lord, to continue to keep their trust on you as they're in the word, as they're worshiping you, as they're seeking you, as they're around other believers. May they continue to be encouraged, encouraged, encouraged in the faith that they can trust you. You have full knowledge and you are fully active. Accomplish your purposes in them. Accomplish your purposes through them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
Thank you for listening. You know, we believe God has something amazing in store for you today. And now is the perfect time to take a few moments and pray about what you just heard. If this message spoke to you, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to office at cccmidland.com or connect with us on your favorite social media at cccmidland.